There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do we work well together because I'm dead inside? Yes. Awesome. How's it going? You know, it's going well. It's been a long past few days. And it's only Tuesday. Stop it. You want to tell me what you're drinking? I I sure do. <laughs> I am drinking at New Glarus Moon Man. Thank you, Wisconsin, for this delicious state-specific beverage. Mm, yes. Actually, fun fact, did you know it's illegal to sell New Glarus products in other states? I did, but that's probably because I love New Glarus so much. I'm ridiculous and research that. I researched that. <laughs> I needed to know all the different New Glarus flavors and somehow came across that little tidbit. That's why when we go to other states, people beg us to bring mm-hmm. New Glarus and cheese curds. Mm-hmm. Actually, what's really interesting is a lot of people who I know from out of state like genuinely don't believe me or believe other people who have come here to spend time with us when we say like there's a cheese shop every four miles. This is true. And they don't believe, like, they're like, why would you have a cheese shop? Like, what is a cheese shop? Do people know we're from Wisconsin? Do we want people to know we're from Wisconsin? I mean, New Glarus kind of. (laughs) (laughs) That part I feel like we. (laughs) Okay. Hi, guys. We're from the Midwest. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Maybe, maybe a state with (laughs) cheese. With lots of cheese and beer called New Glarus. Don't look it up. So what are we talking about today? Oh, uh, by the way, hey guys, welcome back to Taboos. Welcome. A podcast discussing topics that are generally seen by society as taboo or carry stigmas. Taboo culture. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Oh, that was my... That was beautiful. That was the music. That should be our new theme song. But no. How did that go again? I can't. Well, shit. It's recorded though. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Don't worry, everybody. Axel is with us again, being majestic and lazy, but he has very pretty paws right now. Oh, he's very handsome. With pretty paws and a little fat face. And he's literally laying on all of the cords we have. So if at some point one of us gets unplugged, we can blame Axel. I'm actually thoroughly impressed that he doesn't try to go after the lights. No, he doesn't. He has zero fucks to give. He just likes to be by us and be fast and adorable. So you want to uh, tell us what today's topic is going to be about? I would love to. So today's taboo topic that is very near and dear to my heart specifically um, is drumroll. Yeah, I was really hoping you would do that because I can't roll my tongue. I forgot that magic superpower but speaking of magic superpower my taboo topic today is actually being an empath and i know when i had asked you if we could do this episode you were like oh empathy is not really a taboo topic celeste because empathy is a real thing but it's not that 
Yeah. So I think empathy is, empathy itself is taboo in certain areas, but I don't exactly know what you mean by empath. So enlighten me. I would love to. I want to start by just saying like, I'm actually even nervous about sharing this one. Like this is one of the things that like I interpret kind of as taboo. So when I say it's near and dear to my heart, know that like I'm genuinely sharing this because I think it's really important to share. I really want more people who have this empathetic connection that I feel to to just own it right and really get in tune with themselves to be an empath instead of just experiencing empathy Mm -hmm. it's a different level of it so anybody who's judging me or thinks that I'm hippy dippy (laughs) we've already established I'm hippy dippy but (laughs) who thinks this is witchcraft or voodoo or that I can read minds that's not at all what I'm talking about but I'm just gonna get into it I'm going to start by sharing what the definition of empath is. Okay. According to psychalive.org, empath, uh, the definition, excuse me, of empath is a highly sensitive individual who has a keen ability to sense what people around them are thinking or most likely feeling. Psychologists use the term empath to describe a person that experiences a great deal of empathy, often to the point of taking pain of others at their own expense. So would you say that it's like almost a type of hypersensitivity to people's feelings? I absolutely would say that, but it's more of the best way that I can describe it without sounding like an absolute crackpot is that Allie's doing the silent laughing thing, just so you guys know, that it's kind of like a radar system, okay? And I'm going to get into a bunch of other details about this as this episode progresses, but it is genuinely that I am more sensitive to and when I say sensitive I don't just mean like other people's feelings upset me that's that's not what I'm talking about but I'm very receptive of what other people are feeling and are experiencing and I don't have to know this person I don't have to communicate with this person it's based around energy for me and maybe not everybody interprets their empathic ways that way but I can clearly identify for me specifically it's people's energy that I can read some people will say that they can read auras or whatever have you right some people call it just reading a room like they they don't understand or they do and they don't want to sound like me a crackpot saying that they're an empath because they don't know how to explain it so some people just say like I'm really good at reading a room I would be willing to bet that anybody who is very skilled at reading a room has a level of empath to them because it's really hard it's really hard to walk into an environment with a bunch of random people or even people you know and to be able to instantly tell who's feeling what who's on what side of the fence who experiencing what in that moment but I do Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's really overwhelming Sometimes it is really fun. Sometimes it's really scary. Um, And I have some of those examples that I want to talk through too. But before I go into my personal side of the story, I have a couple of things that I wanted to just share. If anybody is, or if you are thinking, or if anybody else is thinking, am I an empath? How could I tell? It's it's really hard to tell the difference between like, I just am receptive of your feelings Mm -hmm. or this is a different level basically between it's hard to tell the difference between having empathy and, and being, being an empath, empath. Correct. you're saying yes thank you for saying that better than I did I think that's just my nerves right now because I feel I we're a, we're broaching a taboo topic for me so I have nervousness about hey, it you're beautiful thank you you're beautiful of course I love you so oh and Axel hi he's upside down now with his 
fat little belly. Okay, so some indicators that you might be an empath include the following. Obviously, you have a lot of empathy. That's that's an indicator. Closeness and intimacy can overwhelm you sometimes. So that's not to say that um, you fear closeness or that you are standoffish or, or that you don't want to be intimate with people. It's truly that having people be so close to you emotionally or in my case, having an energy so close to me that... Um, you're my best friend and I feel very safe with you. So your energy never makes me feel overwhelmed. But sometimes I'm interested in somebody or I'm just meeting somebody for the first time. I very much gravitate toward being friends with them because as you know, that's who I am. I'm, mm-hmm. I just like to make everybody happy and be friends. But at the same time, having their energy close to me scares me mm-hmm. because as much as I want to be their friend and I want to make them happy, sometimes having their energy around my energy is actually really painful and toxic for me. So that's part of it. Let's see what else is on here. Is it overwhelming? It can be. It can be. A really good example of a very good personal example of intimacy being overwhelming for me or closeness being overwhelming for me is sometimes when I'm with my significant other and we have like a very romantic or very passionate kiss or something in the bedroom or whatever right sometimes I'll cry and I'm not crying for anything other than I am just genuinely overwhelmed with the emotion that I'm feeling and the energy that I'm feeling between him and I and I will just cry and I'm not sad I'm not happy I'm just I'm just overwhelmed and I can't explain it and then sometimes he'll be like what did I do wrong Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm not it's not that I just sometimes that energy is so passionate and so overwhelming that I I can't do anything except let it out in my experiences it's been in the form of crying Mm -hmm. so that went real personal (laughs) so another another thing is that you don't do well in crowded places and this one specifically I can speak to and why Um, I can explain why this one is effective or excuse me a thing especially for me for those of you who are learning about me I am an activist in our community and when I go to protests this is where I feel my empathetic connection the most because when I am at protests I am responsible for keeping us all safe right I am the overseer of our safety and As part of that, of being the overseer of our safety, I am emotionally and energetically connected to all of the people who are with us. Uh, Being that open to all of those energies of all of the people who are with us because I care about them and I want them to be safe actually also leaves me open to all of the energy that's around us that sometimes isn't good. Mm -hmm. So a few weeks ago, a prime example was we were marching down this road and there was nothing but good energy. It was, we were really powerful. We were very loving. It was, I loved it. Okay. And out of nowhere, I now realize it wasn't nowhere. It was out of his home, but we weren't at a point where I could get to him yet energetically. This man came out of his house and instantly my stomach felt like there was a knife in it. Like this just searing, jagged, twisted, fiery, intentional hatred was in my stomach, but like a knife. And it hurt me to breathe. And I was shaking and it was just, it was terrible. And this man ended up being just a terrible human being, right? But what was so interesting to me in that experience was that was my first experience where I acknowledged what I was feeling and what I recognized as different energies and how susceptible I was while I was protecting the people we were walking with, how I could also, I could personally be, my energy be attacked and I could lose a connection with my people because this other energy disrupted me. Mm-hmm. So being in big crowds for that reason or being surrounded by people for that reason is 
is really difficult for an empath because not all empaths have the ability to keep a closed circuit if if you want to call it that right like i'm only extending my connection to these four people and everybody else can fuck off like it's not that easy sometimes do you think that this is something that's developed more recently for you then because we've been in instances in the past where i mean concerts bars Mm -hmm. where you've kind of been in your element yeah i would say that it has happened more recently and i i genuinely are this is not a political episode this is not we're not getting into anything political today uh but i can tell you that i genuinely felt a shift change in me as a person and as an empath while i watched the george floyd video Mm -hmm which was the day after my birthday. And I don't know if there's actual significance there, but at the same time in my mind and in my heart, it kind of feels like it is. I don't know if that was just part of my growth or what, but genuinely watching that video, I can't I, I can't explain the hurt that I felt and the betrayal that I felt and the fear that I felt watching that. I didn't even know where it came from. It wasn't it wasn't just that I was watching this video that everybody has seen at this point, right? It wasn't I wasn't just watching it and feeling sad or angry that this was happening. I felt genuine physical pain. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely did. And I, I can tell you since then, I've been on a journey to explore my empathetic side and being an empath because I feel things very differently now and I look at things very differently now and I am honestly very proud of myself for that growth and that development not only in accepting that this is who I am and this is how I am and I'm being very authentic to myself but also I have eliminated the judgment and the profiling and stereotyping that I previously had just based on me being a bitch I don't know (laughs) we're gonna say that I don't know I don't I I I can't I get what you're saying though it's just growth right like not that I had any preset prejudices about people specifically, but you had asked me the other day as we were talking about this, like, would you be more comfortable around a man in a polo and khaki shorts than a man who's like hardcore tatted up big scary biker or really thug looking or or whatever Mm -hmm. and previously my answer would probably would have been well i'm very drawn to polo and khakis right but the other day when we were talking about it my answer was i don't know it would depend on their energy Mm -hmm. that's where i'm coming from now yeah i get what you're saying it isn't i don't care what you're wearing i don't care what you look like it's it's what you give off of if i'm receptive or not Mm -hmm. so i think that just makes me a better person well i agree i agree not having Prejudgments makes everyone better people. I think it's hard as hell to do that. So I don't think you're wrong. Kudos. Cheers to being better people. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so back to this list. Um, you have a hard time not caring. Empaths, the big, big, big thing here is that empaths don't feel for someone. It's I feel with you. Mm-hmm. So the statement of like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's actually sympathy. That's not even empathy, mm-hmm. really. But empaths actually feel with you so if you were to lose someone close to you or something bad happened to you or you're very excited or it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. i i feel it with you i'm excited because you're excited i'm sad because you're sad it it's not a two-way street Mm -hmm. it's a street we walk together and it doesn't matter what direction that's in yeah let's see here people tend to tell you all of their problems they just feel very safe with you and they feel very open to tell you things. That's a big thing. You have high sensitivity to sounds and smells, sensations, and in some case, anesthesia. Uh, I can attest for the fact that your sense of smell is uncanny and creepy at the same time. And my hand is very proudly raised. It because is very raised. I also have synesthesia. Woo-hoo! 
With what? Music. I don't think we understand synesthesia as being the same thing. You uh, see colors with music? You are thinking of it correctly. You're just thinking of it very narrow. I don't see color with music. It, it's, it's, I see images. Oh, like yeah. how I can relate different sounds to different mental images. Mm-hmm. You do it too. I didn't really realize that was synesthesia. It totally though. is. Oh. Because I can, I can actually see it. Yeah. I can, I, it is, when I say that Darius Rucker sounds like navy blue velvet, mm-hmm. I can literally see mm-hmm. navy blue velvet in front of me. It's not just like a water splash. It's suddenly my vision is that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my sense of smell is actually really creepy. Also, you don't like conflict because it hurts you more than it hurts somebody else. Uh, empaths have a really hard time of letting things go. Another big thing is like you feel like you don't fit in. And that you don't feel like you don't fit in. And despite being highly in tune with other people's feelings, at the same time, empaths actually feel like they have a really hard time making a connection. Not because I can't feel what you're feeling. And obviously, I'm not talking to you because you're my best friend. But empaths feel like they have a hard time making connections because we can sense when somebody's not being as genuine as we're being. Okay. So how many times have you seen me love somebody with literally all that I have and it crushes me because they don't love me back the same way I love them? Right, wrong, or indifferent, they don't love me the way I love them. Mm -hmm. That is why empaths have a hard time making genuine connections sometimes because we want that and I, I can feel the energy of somebody being a good energy and I believe in them and I want them to be what I know they can be but at the same time they're not in a place to do that because they're just not. Would you say that it's okay I'm trying to think of this through in my head yeah so would you say that it's a quick to trust but not necessarily for the right reasons yes. like a prejudgment based on what you feel yes and that's not always accurate yes although my feeling might be accurate that's not the whole picture so i'm speaking for myself when i say this i i don't know if this is everybody but the other empaths that i have spoken with this is the truth for them also but for me specifically when i meet someone they have 100 percent of my trust off the bat it's theirs to lose. It's not an earning thing. It's you have it until you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that is if I meet somebody and they, they shouldn't have my trust at all, there is not, right? But if somebody is like on that line of like, mm, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, I go with the benefit of the doubt if their energy is good in that moment. Mm-hmm. But just because their energy is good in that moment doesn't mean that they're always that way. It doesn't mean that their energy is always good. And when I say good, I don't even mean happy. I just mean genuine. Mm -hmm. I just mean you're a genuinely good human being instead of, you know, the other way. Mm -hmm. A genuinely fucking terrible human being. Sometimes even genuinely fucking terrible human beings can give off a good energy. Or I just want to believe that they do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's me being naive or if that's part of my empathetic nature. I genuinely don't know that, but I feel like that's true too. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Um, So I only have a couple more. You have a hard time setting boundaries. My hand is raised again (laughs) for that. Just, I just need everybody to know my hand is raised for that. And then sometimes you find it difficult to cope with sensory and emotional overload. Mm -hmm. So I go back to my George Floyd example and how that was an emotional overload for me. And I genuinely cried for like three days. I did. I mean, my life continued, mm-hmm. but I'd be like making breakfast and I'd be crying. Or I would be doing anything and I would be crying for like three days. I didn't talk to or like see anybody. It was it was really bad because I just couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop hurting. I couldn't stop being sad. And I didn't know this man. And I immediately felt so compelled to defend him against all anything. Right. And I don't know. It was just it was like a very spiritual awakening for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I've been really working on understanding this in myself and understanding this in other people and how it works since then. For anybody who thinks that they possibly might be an empath or knows for sure that they are and the entire spiel that I just gave you, you were like, yep, 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 every single button is me. There is a book by Judith Orloff called The Empath Survival Guide, Life Strategies for Sensitive People. Uh, it has like a four and a half star rating and just throwing that out there, that might be a good read. Uh if you're curious that's beautiful i thought so so you know that i come from a place of science so science yeah there's my theme song science (laughs) so so i have a hard time understanding things like this Mm -hmm. not that i'm disconning it or seeing anything of that nature sorry distracted by the cat what's interesting to me though is our growths in that area have been kind of different i used to be a somewhat spiritual agnostic person I'm leaning more towards not so much anymore um, and just facts are facts to me so I guess my question would be what do you think causes this like is it a brain thing is it a spirit thing and that's why I don't comprehend and like grasp it or is it what is it hi I have questions Hi, welcome with your questions. You know, I really appreciate that question, especially as I am admittingly telling you that I am very novice on this, Uh, but I, without question and without hesitation and without doubt, this is who I am, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you are doubting me. I'm just saying like, I still have questions, even though I know for a fact this is who I am and this is how I am, Um, but I am still learning it. To really analyze that, Being an empath is on the radar for psychologists. It is a psychological component. It actually is the the other side of the coin to narcissism, okay? Narcissists can pose as empaths. They can manufacture emotions, right? That's why narcissists are so good at being narcissists. And we are going to have an episode on narcissists. Please stay tuned. But being an empath is the flip side of that, okay? Which is also a psychological construct, narcissism. But when I... I feel it when I feel other people's energy. It does not feel like it's in my brain. Mm -hmm. It does not feel like a psychological thing that happens in my brain. It 100% happens in my heart and in my stomach. Mm -hmm. Good emotions. It's it's really weird. Good emotions go to my heart. I feel them. I get I get butterflies or I get excited or or whatever just around good energy. And you've seen me be very bubbly and very energized by good energy, right? And everybody could say, well, that's really easy. And it is. It is. It's easy to be happy around happy people. That's not that's not even a myth. That's fact, right? That's science itself. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's more of a, a physiological feeling. And when I'm around negative energy, I feel sick. I genuinely like I feel sick to my stomach or I feel like I can't breathe or I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like it's it, it is again a physiological reaction and I have a hard time believing that that's in my brain because I feel it so specifically in other places. I'm not sitting here thinking like, oh, that was a really mean comment. I wonder if he's angry. It, it's not even that. I don't even have to hear the mean comment. I can quite truly sense an energy, somebody else's energy in my stomach if it's a bad one. And I'm just like, nope. Don't bring that here. Don't bring that to me. I, I'm not doing that with you. What else is really interesting that I wanted to talk about as far as if it's spiritual or psychological, which is on the other side of it, of my experience, 
you may have never seen me this way because your energy and my energy are so compatible and so complementary. And even Nick's energy, it doesn't matter. You guys are my safe place. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've never seen me like this, but I have found that when I drink, I actually have this really, really weird thing happen to me. I have, I have had drinking experiences with people that have been really volatile and really crazy or really sad or just really bizarre, not normal Celeste behavior. Like I have had people say, I've never seen that side of you. And honestly, that's because when I am drinking, there isn't a side of me anymore. I work very hard all the time to keep my energy separate from other people's. There's like, imagine this wall with me. We're going to imagine building a wall for just a second. Just kidding. Don't do that. Okay, Trump. Let's just build a fence. Just a nice fence. Okay. (laughs) Just a nice fence. Uh, And my energy is on one side and yours is on the other. Well, when I drink, I can no longer tell what's your emotion and what's my emotion. So whatever you're feeling and whatever I'm feeling get melded together in this weird, crazy mess. The fence no longer exists. This really sounds like a bad acid trip. It does. Like, this is what a bad trip sounds like. Is it because we were talking about Trump? That's a bad acid trip? Does that contribute to it? Yeah, also that. I mean, 2020 (laughs) in general. And now people know we're not Trump fans. Oh, hi. Please don't hate us for that. I am a Republican. But anyway... I can't differentiate anymore. So a really good example is I was drinking with my significant other at one point and at the time we were fighting and my significant other's number one reaction to a fight is to run, to just leave, just walk away, just leave. And that is never, ever my first reaction. My first reaction is always, let's fix this, right? Because that's that's me being empathetic is I don't want negative energy in between us. I am always, 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 let's fix this. And in this specific instance, when we were arguing, I actually wanted to run first. I've never done that. I have never done that. But when we calmed down and we were able to talk through it, he was like, you've never once tried to like leave an argument before. And I was like, yeah, I know. I think that's weird. And he said the words, I've never seen that side of you. And I was like, yeah, I've never felt that way before. And genuinely, as I have gone down this journey of understanding my empathetic connection, I realized I was mirroring, mirroring, I was reflecting his energy which is to run. That's not who I am. That's not what I do, but that's just what I jump to. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of other examples where this isn't like a one-time I believe this. It's, I have literally so many examples, but it's really interesting to me now that I know that and it doesn't make it any easier. Like knowing that my fence comes down when I drink doesn't mean that it doesn't come down anymore. Like I just can't control it. Yeah. And what I end up doing is not only do I confuse your emotions and my emotions, I actually just like project them back. So I just don't, I don't know if it's a psychological or a spiritual thing. I am very spiritual. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think that's the note that I want to end that one on. That so is a good question. Here's my thing on it. Yeah. I believe that no matter, you, Axel. no matter what you call it, I believe there is more to human potential than we're aware of. Agreed. That's why I am not discounting what you're saying at all. I don't understand it because I'm not an empath. Mm-hmm. And I, this made me realize that maybe I don't have empathy. <laughs> You do. That's a fucking lie. I don't you know do. anymore. Maybe you don't, actually, now that I think about it. I, You're so good at being... No, that's not true. You are. You have empathy. You just rationalize, which I, is necessary. I sometimes. am sympathetic, but I don't I don't know if I walked on everybody's paths with them. I'm like, no, that... That's a really dark looking path. Let's go down this. Oh, you're going down. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go down this facts. shiny one instead. 
this path has data to support it. So I realize that. But like I said, I do believe that there's a lot of human potential that we have not unlocked. Um, I'm hoping someday science will be like blowing my mind even more than it already does. Here are the things. But until then, I'm just going to say you keep doing you and I'm going to keep supporting it. Be taboos. Hey. That was a shameless plug for ourselves. Yeah, there we go. So I guess my question, before I before I hit my last little chunk of things that I I thought were really cool while I was doing some research on how to explain to you what empaths are. As my best friend who knows me better than anybody in this whole fucking planet, I hear you say you're not discrediting me, which I appreciate. I knew you wouldn't because you love me, but I appreciate hearing it regardless. But do you you see those things? Do Do you see the things I'm describing to you when you see me interact with other people? Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's say that this is like a field of science that is solidified one day. Yes. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to look in the dictionary and there's Celeste. (laughs) So there's my picture right there. Exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, so I'm going to take that as my own scientific data. Oh, this is great. And now it is proven. Mm-hmm. Allie is happen? so skeptical. Can Her this face. happen with everything that I say? Her. Because I have a lot of things <laughs> that I want to turn into fact then. Allie's face is so... Just so you guys know, this is a fun thing. Allie is the Googler. The Googler. She literally researches the fuck out of everything. It's one of my favorite things about her. So Doesn't, cheers to you for being the Googler. Thanks. Doesn't mean that I uh, use the right words like trapezoid and trapezius. She's really upset that the other week she said trapezoid instead of trapezius muscle and it was so funny. You guys, I'm only a moron like <laughs> 60% of the time. The other 40% I'm She's a genius. Point. She's she's even telling herself short. It's more like an 80-20 rule, but she's a fucking genius. So just know when she says stupid shit, just let it roll, right? We're not here to judge anybody. Okay, so then the, the last thing that I really had to share on empaths that I thought might make this picture a little clearer in a less abstract way, because I recognize the, the things that we were just talking about were very abstract, are actual uh, jobs and career paths that empaths typically find themselves in. The number one being nurses. Empaths are very, very likely to be caregivers. I'm not saying every nurse is an empath. I'm not saying every empath is a nurse. I'm just saying people who enjoy caring for people, protecting people, providing for people, those people are typically empaths. And when I say enjoy, I don't even mean like, oh yeah, that was nice. I mean like, this is my purpose. Mm -hmm. Helping people, caring about people, caring for people. It's what I'm here to fucking do. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So nurses was like the number one thing, which I found very, very interesting. Other jobs include psychologist, musician, artist, guidance counselor, writer, veterinarian, life coach, social worker, nonprofit organizer, teacher, and lawyer. And the lawyer one made me extra happy because Mm -hmm. that means that there are other empaths who are in the same field that I am going to be in someday. Shout out to my legal degree. Can you, can, does, does having a more solidified view, like if I say a nurse and I, you apply this concept that I'm talking about, that's very, very abstract to you with the idea of a very good nurse that you know, or a very good teacher that you know, does that, does that help you maybe understand and draw some of those connections between how those people operate? Or is it still like, no, that's totally abstract. Uh, I mean, it's still totally abstract to me, but I can think of people other than yourself that if I were to say they could be one, that sentence made no sense. But yeah, 
I could think of specific people other than yourself that I could say they could be one and it would make sense to me if they were one. Sure. So. Like it wouldn't be surprising to you if you were like, oh yeah, so-and-so said they're an empath. I could totally see it now that I understand. One of Moose's daycare teachers in particular comes to mind. And see, like what I think is so interesting about that is so many people who are people who are genuinely good with children, those people are typically empaths. Oh my God. They're also like saints. Yeah. Because they deserve a million fucking statues and medals and like all the money hearts and shit. All the money is for real. Daycare teachers are not paid enough. Teachers are not paid enough. Like, holy shit. Hey, that's a topic for another day. Stay tuned. (laughs) We're just going to shamelessly plug the shit out of our own podcast, you guys. Here we are. Welcome to our show. I think the the last thing that I just want to talk about as as wrapping up my thoughts on myself being an empath and other people being an empath is a couple things. The pros and cons of being an empath I think are important to talk about. The pros being I have built incredibly beautiful, incredibly genuine relationships with people. Now that I know what I'm looking for, not only have I built new relationships with people, but I have been able to get to a place of better understanding with relationships that I had currently had, except ours, because ours is perfect. But with other people who had, I, I had different feelings about or friendships that I was like, oh, I wish that I could get closer to that person. Or like, oh, fuck that fucking person. Get them out of my life. Like, but I didn't know how or why. I have really grown in that sense and I'm really proud of myself for that progress and although creating boundaries is something that I'm really really bad at that's also part of my my growth and my self-love and my efforts to restore my own energy because I know I can't pour from an empty cup right I can't be empathetic and and be an empath to people the way that they deserve me to be if I am pouring from an empty cup so creating those boundaries are so 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 important even though it's hard and I've done that so those are my pros and I'm very proud the cons are that I genuinely feel disappointment when I think I have a good read on somebody I think that I have a good sense of their energy and that I'm wrong and that's happened especially really recently and that's really really frustrating when somebody can get close to you as an empath and there weren't any flags that went off only to then be like dropped bomb holy shit all the flags are right here hiding under this rock that i didn't look under Mm -hmm. that's really upsetting fucking rocks fucking rocks with the red flags under them like it's just it's really it's really i actually take it really personally against myself like i'm mad at myself i'm not mad at you for being a shit fucking person go be that somewhere else but like i'm mad at myself that i wasn't like hey what's that poking out from under that rock is that a red flag i should look nah like i'm i'm sad at myself for that and that's a con i think the other con being that it's just really hard to describe to people sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's why i thought this episode was so important because i want to share my experience and my feelings with this with other people who might also be feeling it or might who, who might also be experiencing this journey or who who are already like very evolved in this journey like reiki masters are a good example of people who are empaths who are very very aware of not only their energy but all kinds of fucking energy right like who can sense a rock's energy i can't do that i am not that but i i can sense axel's energy it's usually sleepy or hungry as he walks to his food dish. But um, I was kind of joking about that, but that is real. I think that's the other difficult part about it. But I'm really proud of myself and I can't be anything other than this. This is is how I operate. This is who I am and I'm going to be damn proud of it. You should be. And you should be. 
Okay. So now that we've discussed that, I guess as as my best friend and as somebody who just listened to me really truly explain this in depth for the first time since I started my empath journey, I'm really curious what you took away from it. That there are things that I don't understand, but I definitely don't have to. And you're either on the vibe or you're not. And quote uh, Asa Brock, if you come across anybody that's not on that vibe, party over here. I'll be over there. Party over here. That is not what the song (laughs) sounds like at all. You're not wrong. So guys, if there is anybody that you feel could relate to this episode or any of our episodes, we'd love if you would share it with them. We really want to bring you guys into this discussion, whether that's hitting us up on our socials, which Celeste will drop because I don't fucking remember any of that shit, (laughs) aside from our website, which is taboos.pinecast.co, and that's taboos as T-A-B-O-O-Z-E, or if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast that leaves reviews because apparently a lot of them don't we're learning things yeah i don't know we'll, we'll get it as we go guys <laughs> but basically get in touch with us shoot us an email we want to know what you want to hear and we'd love to hear your stories too whether it's good whether it's something that you don't think we're aware of whether there's an experience that you just want somebody to hear about send us an email i couldn't agree with that more i think we turned our outro into like a actual part of the conversation but i genuinely want to say i couldn't agree with that more if you have taboo topics or if you have thoughts on the taboo topics that we are currently discussing or whatever the case may be we we want we just want to hear from you we want to have this conversation and share this these experiences with you so don't be afraid to, to reach out to us you can reach us at Facebook. Is it at Facebook or on Facebook? On Facebook. You can reach us on Facebook at Taboos. That's just the page. I was going to say other things, <laughs> but I clearly fucked it up. You can reach us on Instagram at Taboos the Pod, and our email is taboospodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to say again, Taboos is T A B O O Z E. Uh, I really hope at some point we'd have to stop spelling it for you guys because it's literally the cutest thing I have ever come up with in my life, and I just really want you guys to remember it because it's that important important to me and I want it to be that important to you too. I would slow clap for you but I have this microphone in my hand. (laughs) So we really can't wait to hear from you guys and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you have the chance we love you and appreciate you. That's what I have to share with you. And as always do you be taboos. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.